Welcome to Five Pints In, the show where we're literally five pints in. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So let's, uh, I mean, we've had a weekend of FA Cup, right? So we've got upsets, we've got obvious beats here. Uh, where do you guys want to start? I mean, West Ham, uh, West Ham beating Stockport is a big one, isn't it? Away from home, because there's obviously history there. Um, what yeah, do you think? From, yeah, there's history from, from the League Cup, though. Um, back in the day when yours truly was getting his ass kicked in a replay, to be fair. Um, we drew one each at home, I think. And if I remember rightly, um, Florin Radachoyu signed for us after the World Cup, after the 94 World Cup, where I think he was leading scorer. And it was sort of an eye-opener for him where, you know, the West Ham pitch at the time wasn't wasn't the best. It was pissing down and muddy. And, uh, you know, it was big centre-halves coming in from, from the back of him trying to chop him down he ends up jumping out the way all the time so we ended up drawing our own one each and then uh, probably the weirdest own goal I've ever seen in my life in the replay when we talk about it being pissing down and muddy in the first game it was like um, storms down the Stockport it was like six inches of mud yeah pissing down and uh, we ended up losing 2-1 which was the sort of thing we did back then. I think I remember losing to Wrexham as well. Um, a couple of others, we had a replay with all the shots. It's weird, really, because we played both games at Upton Park because they they would get the revenue if they decided not to play at their stadium in the first game. Mm-hmm. And we played it, played it at Upton Park and drew nil-nil with them. Ended up winning the replay, which was obviously back at Upton Park, 6-0. So it goes to show me in them type of games. I can also remember back back in the day when I was playing for Carlisle, where um, we played QPR, and they were one of the top teams, and uh, and we beat them one 0 So I've been both sides of that FA Cup spectrum, where you're the big team playing the the lesser team or the lesser team playing the the Premier League side. Yeah, and it's just it makes me think back about the excitement, and I'm I'm looking at now I'm looking at the reports of the games and. I think it was Jolie who did they beat Derby? Yeah, I think they beat Derby, Derby, yeah. And and because of what's going on in the world right now, now there's been complaints about the, about them breaking the corona, the laws in England with the celebrations in 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 the dressing room. They were singing Adele, really. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad really because the, them moments in the in especially them non-league players' lives will never come around again. You know, it's yeah. it's once in a lifetime and and this is also another way out of the pandemic set which which you know watching them on the video singing there's there's obviously two sides of it because they've got to really follow protocol and, and make sure everybody's safe but the the other side of it is remembering back to when i was at carlisle and it did happen or when i played for bournemouth even they went in the lower leagues it was the championship but but we drew with Man United in the first leg, and I know what we felt like afterwards. I mean, it's going to the extent now where they're saying you can't really celebrate on the pitch anymore, you know. And mm. uh, I think the big thing about that is if we want football to to continue, which in the bigger picture, I think it it is good for people, especially now back home in England where everybody's on lockdown. I think it does. It is a pick me up while you're stuck indoors to still have the football going ahead as long as everything's done properly, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the FA Cup today is not the same anyway, is it? It's, uh, you know, it's been diluted a little bit with, you know, people not playing the strongest teams. And that was happening before the pandemic. They were still, it still sort of started going that way. And unfortunately, unfortunately now the pandemic making the, the leagues shorter, so some teams have been forced to play, you know, uh, weakened or say weakened, but younger sides. Right. But younger sides and sort of say whatever happens, happens, you know. Yeah. But but you can still look at Crawley beating Leeds and, and Blackpool beating West Brom. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's great for them. And, and the magic will still be there for them players. 
which which is is great for them, you know. I I just just going back to the uh, to the Chorley beating Derby game. Uh, a couple of things. So, them celebrating in the dressing room. Are they not all COVID tested? I think before the games, like all the teams are being yeah, COVID tested. Don't forget, they're all in the dressing room anyway. Yeah, and they're all on the pitch touching each other. So, uh, to me, I don't really understand the complaints. Uh, but anyway, I don't I don't want to get into that. Um, the other thing too. During that, uh, the night before that game, so they were playing at Chorley's ground, the groundskeepers uh, were worried about the, um, it was obviously a big fixture for them having Derby come. I mean, Chorley are in the sixth tier, so they had the groundskeepers set up a heated tent over most of the pitch, and the groundskeepers slept. We spoke about this. We We spoke about this in the car the other week, uh, last week when we were driving. We didn't speak about this in the episode. Um, but they were they slept on the pitch overnight to make sure the ground the pitch didn't freeze over. I don't know what they were gonna do, but they had a heated tent, and apparently, be- because of that and because of the the celebrations of that they won, they've been chosen to be the groundsman at the FA Cup final at Wembley. They've been hired. The groundsmen have been hired onto the team. Well, to sleep there. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if it's uh, uh yeah. <laughs> But it's it's a nice story, you know. They've they've put in the work. They they literally slept there overnight at the ground. Again, I don't know what they do if the the ground freezes over. Like, you know, like what? <laughs> they have under soil eating at Wembley. I'm sure they will. No, make. I know, yeah. But it's a nice it's a nice gesture though to to show yeah, probably, a, yeah. appreciation. They'll probably be sleeping on the under soil eating and have a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, look, look. Let's if we if we look at it, you know. You know, Chelsea went through with an easy 4-0, I think. Was it Was it Morecambe? Yeah. Was it? 4-0 against Morecambe on Sunday, yeah. And Bournemouth beat, Bournemouth beat Oldham. Yeah. Uh, City just passed to Birmingham. 3-0. And West Ham, I, I, you know, it, it wasn't the easiest for, for them to go there. You know, that, that Stockport connection that we were talking about. Yeah. The pitch wasn't the best. And it ends up, Dawson ends up getting the winner, doesn't he? So, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter how you get through. It, you, you can be forgiven a little bit performance-wise. I mean, I, I I do think performances need to pick up anyway, and we've spoke about it on the last podcast. I do think performance results are going away. I think performances need to pick up again. I think they've got a, a good run coming up. Um, I think the next three or four games are, are teams below them, which... Is you're not used to saying that to be honest with you, are we? Yeah, they've got uh just to yeah. butt in, they've got Burnley, West Brom, uh Doncaster in the FA Cup and then Palace. Palace, yeah. Yeah. And then I think Le- they've got a similar I think City have a similar run, mate. Um which which is ominous for, for Liverpool and Manier, but I think City's is the next five games or so. Yeah, I believe so. It's um You know? Pull uh, let me pull it up right here. It's uh uh, we've got Palace on uh, Sunday. We've got Villa, both at home. Uh, Villa, it, that midweek, that's a game that we're making up, actually, from the same match they won. But obviously, well, that's, that's if Villa are, are back healthy again because I think they're looking to cancel another game. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, I mean, that's in, what, seven days? Yeah, maybe. That might be uh, questionable. Then we've got Cheltenham in the FA Cup the next round, then West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley. Yeah, until Liverpool February 6th. It's not the hardest yeah. run for City, is and I it? Think, I think West Ham's run stops at Liverpool as well, coincidentally. I think it does as well, yeah. It does, yeah, but there's only three or four games. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's going to be the big one at the weekend, isn't it? I mean... I, 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 is it though, not, or is it just going to be the same thing as Tottenham Chelsea? Yeah, we keep, yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not particularly happy looking at the table and seeing them sitting there. But it'd be nice. It, it'd be nice if it ends. If it ends up a draw. Yeah. They must. They must be looking over the shoulder at City and thinking, "Shit." Well, you know? I hope so. United. So United more than Liverpool, though. Say that. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was just. I was just gonna confirm. Well, both of them. You know, I mean, if it was only oh, yeah. a couple of. So you're talking about what? Chelsea, Tottenham, and uh, and it seems and to, both <laughs> But yeah, I think I think Liverpool can actually win the league this year. Man United have absolutely no chance. I still think Chelsea have a better chance. It, never mind the sheer fact that Man United win the league, but imagine Ole Gunnar Solskjaer winning the league. That's true. Who's yeah. who's been hanging on by a thread for the last 
You see Pogba though. Nine months. Pogba scoring his goal and then celebrating the, the way he does. Third. It was an own goal. It, it was honestly after after uh, Rayola says, "Oh, Pot- oh, th- this is what it was." Um, Pochettino made his number one target at PSG, Pogba. So right. and then he scores a goal because he's on display, right, isn't he? Yeah, but look, yeah, look, it just goes to show how shit it is because he's been there for three games. He's already won his first trophy. Mm. Without doing anything, it's their, their version of the Community Shield or whatever. Yeah, you know, so it, it just goes to show what bullshit oh. that league is. Oh, yeah. and I, I think it it suits the likes of Pogba. Yeah, don't get I was me wrong. He looked, he looked good. Yeah. He looked good the other day, mate. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I watched the game. United looked okay, to be fair. But 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 this is what gets me about teams. Burnley didn't start playing until he went a goal down. Yeah, and then created a couple of chances. I just don't get. This this uh, Mourinho mentality because I watched yeah. them today. Fulham absolutely absolutely dominated Tottenham yeah. at Tottenham in the second half. Tottenham go a goal up right, and then that's it finished. It's like it's like the opposite of Burnley really. Yeah. You know they go a goal up and stop. Burnley don't start until and when you look at teams like Brighton, they went and gave a great account of themselves in Man City because they tried to play football. Yeah. Didn't go there with fear. Fulham go to Tottenham, try to play football. You know, you got Tottenham playing against Fulham at home and, and counter-attack, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, they didn't create anything. They didn't build up anything. It's When they've got it, it's sideways and backwards. And then when the other team have it, that's when they're the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. When the other team have got it. What does that tell you? You know, at least the United, who were always known to be a counter-attacking team, they take the game. They well, they did at Burnley anyway. They took the game to Burnley and played all the football. Yeah, the truth. And I don't get that fact that you sit in, sit in. What good is a point for Burnley at this stage of the season? What good is it when you it's know not. if you go at these teams like Fulham did at Tottenham today? If you go at them, you can go and beat them. Brighton could have gone to City today. I know City's was more of a dominance, really. Yeah. In the overall game, more of a dominance. But you know, we we can talk all we want about how good defensively they've become. That they're missing that that firepower that they've had. Yeah. Over recent years, you know, we've said they had five players last year who scored over ten goals, and yet this season Phil Foden's the leading goal scorer. But they yeah. and he obviously wasn't. One of them ten players. So when we're trying to look at where Fine. we're missing out or where they're, they're lacking right now, yeah, I can see you holding in a smile or a no, laugh. No, no, no. You, ju- you just said yeah. he wasn't one of them ten players after saying there was five players. Oh, sorry, he wasn't no, one no, of them yeah, five yeah, players. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just say something? Well, we, I said five and he said five, and then you just kept going. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. just break it up. No, no, just no, put me on. Press the button. That puts me on silence. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right though. I, I do just want to say too, and I said to him and and whatever. But Foden's touch, or three touches when he got the ball from De Bruyne today against Brighton, it was just. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it just, he's, he's just he's meant one hundred percent of it. He just, I mean, he hasn't got enough power behind it, but he's the placement. But he's left footed, isn't he? So on his right foot, it's just. Well, there you go. If I mean the best left footers don't ever put themselves in a right foot position, right? You know? I'm just saying the I'm, touch. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not the saying the touch that. he, he is... took to take it, the three touches he took to get the ball in. It's just oh, like yeah. he has such a a, like, a mastery yeah. over dribble, like, you know, like like when um I mean when was the last amazing dribbler? I was going to say before Messi, but uh, then you got like Ronaldo. But where they actually said like it's literally or Ronaldinho, it's literally like tethered to the foot yeah and for i hate to say it because it was only those like legendary players you would say about but foden literally has that well they know. don't call him the stockport any esther for no reason you know just say you just you literally <laughs> just said that you literally just said that so don't even fucking I'm not, I'm not sure i'm not sure whether the keeper don't, was in the wrong place as well you no know i, I mean? well yeah i'm I think, just saying I think about just, unless he's unless he's expecting him to kill it exactly yeah he's yeah. expecting someone with a no, good but, right foot go, to go um and put it in the opposite corner and it, if it was any closer that will because of the pace on the ball if it's any closer he's not it's literally yeah. about the play but here's the thing if if sterling was in that position which he has been for the past 
few months. He was in that position. He, he would have missed. He would have missed it. <laughs> like the penalty. What do you, he mean, you mean? Coming in on his left foot or coming? No, in I mean right? coming in from the left onto his right or coming in from either side. I'm just saying that it, it's rare. I know Sterling scored that goal against. Uh, was it Southampton in yeah, the beginning of last season so. or the se- or the end of the season? We put before. it in the side net. Yeah, I'm just saying it's just like it's unusual for Foden doesn't it, left wing isn't his best position, is it? But he's no. coming and he's and he's scored with his right foot. I mean, not that it was like a crazy finish or anything like that. But well, that's what he's best at. Think, pass, you know. The, yeah. The thing I, I mean, the things I noticed today more more than anything is okay. It's another win, and it was we wasn't under that much threat, but there was times where they sort of broke through us, and and it worries me a little yeah. bit against better teams. Um, I think it was a little bit pedestrian for me today. You know, I was a little bit, especially in the first half, for the, until until Foden scored, really. Yeah. It was a little bit sideways and backwards without really cutting through them. I think there was only De Bruyne went through and maybe should have scored. Yeah. No, De, Bru- De Bruyne put in, like, um, so at least three balls, three balls yeah. with, within the matter of, like, well, ten well, minutes, yeah. When we play the false nine, there's not somebody hanging around there, is there? It's, yeah. It's, it's just, one of them things. Yeah, he's just... Yeah. Yeah. For me, he looks like he's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, he looks like he's he's you know he's he's off it a little bit, uh, and we know what he's capable of, so it's not really a concern. Yeah, especially while you're still winning. Yeah, yeah. And other people are getting goals. Like I mean, in the cup, Bernardo Silva got his first first two for the season. And what a good, and yeah. Golden again, but um, you know, and then you got Mares banging in a couple the other the other week. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it doesn't worry me. But we do need. I think we do need that focal point of. Either Jesus or Aguero, yeah, being that main striker. I do want to. I do want to get to the striker and the transfer market in a second. But I've had on the screen. I've had a picture of John Stones <laughs> looking all hard. I could tell Connor's like <laughs> trying to hold his laugh, and I just want to go back really quick before we get to the striker thing. Um, so just this, just some stats on on John Stones. So in the starting eleven, and this was from a few days ago. So it was from before the Brighton game today. So he's he's played uh, ten uh, this season. So in the starting eleven, there was ten. Not in the starting eleven, there was fifteen. Um, he's won nine where City have won eight when he's not there. They've drawn one where City have drawn five when he's not there. They've lost. He's lost zero where City have lost two when he's not there. They've conceded two when City have conceded fourteen when he's not there. So oh. quite quite a big impact. I mean, that last stat's really all we need to. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's, like, a, it's like buying a new player, mate, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's just something. I, and I said again, I said it's just funny because we've had a a prior conversation to this podcast where um, Connor's calling me names, but like, I think uh, the the. The relationship between Stones and Diaz, like when Stones scored against Man United, the way he was running at Diaz was just like, there's just chemistry there. It was just like, you know, someone said, um, I was listening to the Blue Moon podcast and they said there's a picture where it looks like Stones is just seeing his older brother for the first time after he's been away for a long time. Like, it's just, there's something weird there where it just clicks. Sometimes that happens, mate. Look, you, you, you know, he, he sort of resurrected them, yeah. hasn't he? He's, he's, he sort of found they they found a, a, an understanding and, and and a comfort level and a and a trust, if anything. Yeah, you know about each other, which not not that they're not as good. Look, uh, it could have happened with Ake. It could have happened with Laporte, it, and and it still could happen. It, you know, yeah. because, uh, I mean, the, the beauty of all that is that was the that was the main topic of last season. Yeah, missing missing Laporte, that was on everybody's lips. Yeah, and now nobody's talking about him. You know, but and and that's a testament to to Diaz and Stones. Yeah, I mean, look at the end of, at the end of the day, look, every everybody goes through a spell where where they maybe get injured or suspended or whatever, and there's going to be a, a chance for them players to come back, and and now they know what they have to do to stay in that team. It's going to raise the level of them. Of the expectation of them, for them to stay, and so it's only going to work out beneficial in the long run for the team itself and for mm. Pep. So, I mean, it's, you know, 
It happens to Kyle Walker all the time. He yeah. has a bad couple of games, then someone comes in, does a better job, and then, and then he Walker, gets fired up for it. He that. gets fired up. He's one he's that actually the ideal player to get to in this situation actually. Like yeah. he gets pissed. Like that's why we were talking about Cancelo last episode and it's gonna be hard to keep Walker out. You know, as good as Cancelo is, it's gonna be really hard. They're the best headaches for managers to have, though, George. Yeah. They are headaches, don't get me wrong. When you've got top-quality internationals banging on your door saying, I deserve to be playing or I've got to go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. I think I think he's always had that harmony. And, and because it's Pep and because of what Man City have done over the last few years, they're still happy to be there and fight for their place and, and being a, a part of a rotation system. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could never have suffered it. I yeah. wanted to play every minute of every game every week. I could, I would have been banging on the door, to be fair. Yeah. But, but you know, it's a little bit different today. And and obviously, your, your paycheck has an issue about it as well. Because, you know, back then when we weren't playing, we weren't getting appearance money. Yeah. And not that that mattered then, because it was just the pure want to play every week and every game. You know, and and, and even to the extent where... You couldn't be injured. You'd get a little knock or a niggle yeah. and it would hurt and be but you couldn't talk about it. Because you, you leave one game for injury, somebody comes in and does well, the team win. Right. They will start the next game. That's the way it was back then. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's more accepted here that it is a squad thing. And and even more so now when the games are so condensed the way they are. I mean I mean just a, a subject about that with Scotty Parker who I think is Transformed Fulham from the first game that we've seen. Mm-hmm. I think they lost at Arsenal at home to Arsenal, and and a couple of games after that, you thought they talked about they haven't got a proper defender, you know, and and now they look like a fairly decent outfit. But but even Scotty was complaining about, you know, they only had forty eight hours or whatever yeah. when they fixed it around. But I could have sworn it was the Fulham and Corona that got the. Fixed year in December, cancelled anyway. The Tottenham Fulham game, but but what he's got to understand, and and to be fair, Jose come out and said, this is just what we have to do, yeah, because of the irregularity of this season and the pandemic. You know, you can't keep putting the games off, and where there's a gap now, even if you've got only got two days to prepare for it, which the way they played, you wouldn't have thought so. Mm-hmm. I thought they were they were great in the second half. But but get on with it now. Yeah. It's no point in complaining and moaning about these these strange things that are coming out of the woodwork because of this pandemic. Yeah. I think now we've got, everybody's just got to chip in and adjust. Like you know we we we've gone on about clock. who wouldn't shut up about it and 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 you've just got to get on with it and do what you can do. You know think... nobody's nobody's gonna nobody's gonna judge you any different. It is gonna be the season. I th- I think it's theatrics. I think they're saying it just so it's on record that they've said it. So, you know, it's like e- everything stats nowadays. It's you know, yeah. it's how many games did he lose right. and this. That. But if you actually watch the season and you see him, this is why Klopp's doing what he's doing. You know, he's not an idiot. He's um, he's just trying to get that extra inch. And mm. all managers are. It just trickles down. You know, the the team that just won the league are doing it. So why can't everyone else? Yeah. Well, the team just done the league are doing it because there's pressure for them to do win the league again. Yeah. And, is... and the teams down there are going to do it because what if they get relegated and, and it comes down to a point yeah. or whatever? Yeah. They can look back and say, well, look what we had to do during this time. That might have been the reason, you know? Yeah. Well, it's that... all, it's all, it is all looking for excuses and it's it's nothing new in football uh, without without this. But the, it's leading by example. It, it's it's the it, You could tie this whole thing in with diving, you know, like, the the most skill skillful player. I mean, you can argue. I'll go back to Hazard because we were just talking about him earlier, um, before the podcast. Sorry, you can say. Oh, I did used to say he's one of the best, if not the second best player in the world, um, for a while. But he he would still he would still dive and get that extra, you know, to where it would it would up his 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 status. Because, like, the whole thing with Busquets, you know, losing the ball and then diving and then he didn't technically lose the ball according to stats, you know. <clears throat> Sorry. So, all it's these it's a safety net for all these teams and it's people not taking accountability for 
at, like like you said, like Scott Parker complaining, you know, Mourinho wasn't complaining. You know, Mourinho knows what he's doing. He's not he's not saying, Oh, we had a bad game, so I'm gonna make up this excuse. He's not putting an excuse out there yeah. beforehand. He's saying I but play I, this I, way and this is how yeah. it is. I can part understand because what Scotty Parker was trying to say was Tottenham knew they had a game because they were supposed to go and play Villa away, I think, on today. Yeah. So they knew they had a game. So they they could put a squad out or a team out for the FA Cup at the weekend knowing they had a game. And he yeah. didn't. That's what he's saying. So he's had to go at the FA Cup with his strongest squad and then they've got to play again. It's... But, I, sorry, I, I I just wanted to. I just I'm not that I know Scott Parker in any way, shape, or form, <clears throat> but I'm just saying, just the way he was speaking and what he was talking about, it it's like, it, it's like he knew, like, it's like you could tell he he knew he was making up an excuse. You know, it's like, it's like he he was almost smirking at some of the words he's like. It's like he he had a a set list of words he had to say in this interview. And he and he like touched on all of them, and then got out. Like it, it, it didn't. I, I think it's fair. I it think didn't it's seem genuine. I think like it, he was. I, like I, he was upset, yeah, but I think know? it's fair though. I think if you're, if you know, you've got a cup game, and then you've got a certain team, but in the league, fair. nothing's fair. This well, season. this year, yeah, that's you know? what I, that's what I was like, gonna bite, bite yeah, the bullet. Yeah. You know, everyone's everyone's got their hardships. That's the thing. That's the thing. This not nothing. This season get. is gonna be fair. I, I don't get why. Klopp can complain. I don't think anyone in the Premier League, but any managers they, in the Premier League, should be able to complain. But because the they all know potentially getting yeah, relegated. But because they no all know, else, you know by the end of the season where they end up, the league winners, whoever it, whoever it may be, is just going to lift the trophy as if it's a normal season and a normal win. Of course. And there's not going to be anything on. There's not going to be an asterisk on that. You know, there's not going to be really. I mean, there, no, I, no, I think there, there will, will be from people I who remember. But I think looking back in history, it'll just be like it'll be more no, like no, it'll I, be more like that. Pe- that team prospered. It'll be more like that no. team prospered. I think it will. I think this is I, the I way. Think, I think some people will find that excuse. I think some people will find that. I think excuse. Certain, certain clubs. But it's the same for everybody. But I'm just saying. I'm. I think. No, it, no, I, I think don't, be, I don't think it's I think the same. It'll be, I think it'll be looked back on more that. Here's the thing: if we look back on more that that team prospered through hard times, then it'll be looked back on that team took advantage of the the time. You know what I mean? Like I think it's. I think okay. I think it depends. You, it depends which club, though. Let me tell you this: the teams that have played the most games in the Champions League, the league, and the cups that are still in the cup, they're up at the top of the league. Yeah, still. Yeah. And they played the most games, so nobody else below that can complain. Right. In my, yeah, that's now, injury-wise, that's either unlucky or lucky. That's nothing to do with... Uh, I mean, it is maybe is something to do with so many games, but these teams that have played the most are up there. It's a similar, it's a similar argument to the two best players in the world never miss a game, never get rested, yeah. never rotate. We, we had that with Ronaldo and, and Messi for all their life. So why, why does other players complain? When they play every game and they're still the best in the world. Yeah. So these teams now that are in all competitions still, you look at the top of the table, they're still in all competitions except Man United have been knocked out. <laughs> Champions League. Wait, what? A... Wait, but they're still going to play sorry, in the Europa. What'd you, what'd you say? They're still going to play games. What'd you say though? Man United. <laughs> they're still, still in Europa League, so they're still going to play more games than anybody. Yeah. Probably they could, could they're, they're could gonna play it. more exactly. They're gonna play more games than they would have if they didn't get knocked out that early. But maybe the, they, maybe they the only di- and, maybe the, maybe the only difference is in the the in the foreign leagues. If they play less games than the Premier League, then they've got an advantage in the Champions League. Yeah. Oh, well, they, I don't know how many leagues are actually shorter than twenty teams. Uh, Germany. No, okay, Germany. so they have an advantage then. I think. I thought Germany had 24. No. They have 18? I don't think so. Plus, are they still having a winter break? Uh, yeah, I think... I. Th- uh, so so they have an advantage in the Champions Well, what what the Bundesliga does anyway, they're like... um, 
they're like they're like the Power Rangers. They they get all the best players and then form into one team. Eighteen and then form this yeah form this mighty yeah. team and then that's what's go goes and faces off right. in the Champions League. Right. Yeah, well, I've always said this. Uh, well, I mean, not that this has anything to do with what we're talking about, but Bundesliga has 18 teams. They've got relegation playoffs where the 16th team plays uh, oh, the, someone in the Bundesliga 2 and they, they, they go play into the competition. Yeah. Yeah, look, also, as well, what people don't realise, that, you know, they, they have a winter break. We, we're not having a winter break. Yeah. Sometimes playing more games, let's say you go into that period before your Champions League game. Right, which is going to be what February now. Yeah, let's let's say teams are having a bad time. Just before that, they've gone on a bit of a bit of a dodgy run, and then they would have had a winter break. Let's say in England, they're on a dodgy run, they have a winter break, and when they come back, it's not long before you have to play Champions League. Right, sometimes some extra games can get you back to form. Yeah, can get you back in the rhythm that you you should be in. Uh, having so, a West Ham, didn't it? Yeah, there's all sorts of ways of looking at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the thing. What, depending on what you capitalize on, the situation, and and you can say you're only as good as, as what is being presented to you. Because there's always gonna yeah. there's gonna be wet like, a game that maybe Liverpool has to win, and it is absolutely torrential. Like like you were just saying with the Ian Dowie on goal, it was weather conditions that, you know, is. Not, still, not I still have call no excuse. the game. I still have no excuse. All right, but you say, yeah. I swear what happened. I think it was a corner come in, got got cleared out, and then lobbed back in, and then it was just there was a numbness came over us. We've watched him face his own goal and nodded into the far corner, <laughs> and and literally at that moment you're thinking. Does he know which way we're kicking? <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. For that split second, you actually felt for him. Like, <laughs> like, as if, like you were like eight years old. Has he become disorientated or something? And he will tell you the same himself. I mean, the West Ham fans weren't finding the funny side of it. I mean, we didn't on the night. But it went in and we lost by that goal. We couldn't get back. I think I, I remember hitting the bar from 25, 30 yards. Late on, uh, should have passed um, it. Yeah, uh, but it was their bar; it wasn't ours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, the... you were trying to toppy and Dowie's. If goal. you find it on YouTube, if you find that anyone's listening, want to look for it on YouTube, it was like crazy. Did that really happen? Yeah. Moment, you know, and it just so happened that that knocked us out of the cup that year. Yeah, but you know, I wanna. I want to I want to go back actually and and talk about um, being left out the squad because you were saying if you left out for too long you start thinking about moving on. How many games sitting on the sidelines do you think it would take to to think I've got to I've got to move on? And obviously you had a weird career where like I mean your transfers were a little all over the place with different I managers. Yeah, did I? <laughs> well, I'm just saying like. You you know you were you you know you you joined the team and then you played a few games and then you left and then you know there was managers that pulled you here and there and it was, was well, well I mean look my, with, with me it was it, there was there was different scenarios you know it it was the first time look the Everton for me without going through my life and born in the life out of you. Everton, for me, I didn't see a way through because of how good the team was. So so it was mutual agreement for me to go to Carlisle, the division below, and try and establish myself and say to myself, I'm going to fight my way back to the top by going there and actually playing rather than sitting for another two years in Everton reserves. Is it better for me to go and play in what is the championship now? Mm. And, and when I look back to say two years after that, I played 65 games. And the lads who were in the reserves with me were still in the reserves. That that experience is priceless for me, for what for what I became. Unfortunately, at Carlisle, we got relegated, then relegated again, and I was a fourth division footballer. So, no no kidding myself. That's where I was. I let my contract run out at Carlisle, and I decided I would go to a tribunal and hope that somebody would would have seen me and noticed me and and come and take me and. Luckily enough, Harry 
made the phone call for me to go back to what is the championship, the second division, and have that amazing season with that club and then then players for me to then move on back into the top flight with Man City because we played City twice that season. Mm. And uh, the second game especially has sort of stood out. If I remember rightly and I'm honest, me, me really good mate who became me great mate and fantastic footballer, Neil McNabb, he was in his 30s, I think, at the time, gave me the runaround at Dean Court, if I'm truthful, and they beat us 1-0, you know. Um, but but so, so that transfer was a progression. That move was a progression for me to step up to the top flight again. And then, lo and behold, five and a half months later, Howard Kendall comes back and then sells me. Yeah. So he sold me. It wasn't me asking to leave. The only time really was was West Ham. And, and this goes on to the question that you asked. The reason I left and gave up a testimonial year and a shitload of money, that three, was because I was on the bench 23 times that season and I only got on the field three times. And I didn't agree with it. Uh, I, I didn't agree with that I shouldn't have played in the first place because I was 32 and I know I was still one of the best midfield players there. For, for whatever reason, Harry chose not to play me, he didn't play me. Maybe it wasn't just football, maybe it was to do with my lifestyle and stuff. In fact, I know it was more than football because we had the arguments about it. <laughs> <laughs> and if he listens to the podcast and the stories, he'd probably back him, back his decision up. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't deny, he wouldn't deny it. Yeah. But listen, when your manager says, this is what happened, when your manager comes here and says, um, listen, your testimonial year, there's another year contract, so I've got my 10th year. Your testimonial year, don't have all the functions throughout the year. Don't have the golf days, don't have the dinners, don't have all the auctions, whatever, which all the money would have come to me tax-free. Yeah. But he doesn't want me to have it. That's like saying, give me £200,000. That's like me saying to him, give me £200,000. He's not going to give me £200,000. No. So why should I give up that amount of money on the functions throughout the year just because he doesn't want me to? The reason he didn't want me to because he thought with all the functions, all the players who would have supported me would be getting drunk for the whole year, <laughs> going to the functions. But they were getting drunk for the whole year anyway, so yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference, yeah. you know? And, and in the end, my agreement to him was, okay, if I find myself a club, will you give me a free transfer and I'll give up that year and I'll give up all the tax-free money and, and I'll be happy because I'll be playing again. And he said, yeah, and out of the blue, Man City came in. And if I'm honest, I, I don't believe I would have left for any other club. Yeah. So the Man City thing, even though they were on the verge of going to the third tier and it was, it was going to be the end of my sort of Premier League stint, the length of time, nine years, whatever it was. Mm. And I knew I'd have to step down again after all them years it took me trying to get there. You know, and I knew I could still play there. Well, I proved it because I played there at, at 35 when we got the two promotions at Man City. Yeah. Which, which I wouldn't trade for anything right now. So sometimes moving on is a good thing and, and, and other times, you, you know, it doesn't work out. And sometimes, like, like my first stint at City, for no fault of your own, I felt I'd done everything I could to win the fans over. You know, we'd had the Manchester derby, which is still talked about today. And then football happened and Howard comes back from Spain and and before you know it, he wants a West Ham player, Mark Ward, and doesn't have the money to buy him. And and I'm part of the, the deal to go the other way. So, you know, um, sitting around and is no good for anyone. You know, the rotation system, if you knew, back back then, let's say in the mid-90s, when Harry had started bringing the foreigners in and, and we started to do that, nobody believed it was a rotation system. When, when he pulled you in the office and said, I'm going to rest you this week, he's more or less saying, I'm leaving you out. Mm -hmm. so, so for players of that era, that would start an argument. That would be it. That would be a fallout with, with the manager. You know, he'd end up yeah. having an argument in the office. You couldn't change his mind. You'd end up being on the bench or not being involved, depending on how the argument had gone and how far you'd taken it. 
So, but I can't see the players doing that today. I really don't. I think I think a lot of them, because of the size of the wage packet, accept it. You know, and if it is truly a rotation system, which it is becoming more of, and you know I'm going to be involved in another game, I still couldn't accept it though. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I couldn't bear sitting there watching the rest of the lads go at it and and especially struggle. You know, if if your side's losing, it's it's the worst feeling ever sitting on the touchline knowing you can't do anything about it. I mean, as a sub, you think, oh, I'm making on, I can affect it for twenty minutes. But but when you know you you're not going to be involved, whatever, and it's hard. It's hard to be on the bench. And actually, want that, have that feeling of wanting your team to win. Mm-hmm. Sounds terrible, but it, but it's difficult because you know if they're winning, you're not going to get out there. Yeah. Or at least back then, if they were winning, he wasn't going to change the team for the next game. So you had this loyalty and this inner, inner not hatred, but level of like competitiveness. Yeah, yeah, because because you wanted to be out there. It's look, if we win, I'm happy for the lads. But I'm not part of it. I don't feel part of it. Could, yeah. I can't enjoy it or celebrate with them. You know what I mean? Could I would imagine the players still feel like that today. I watched Fernandinho today, who, who was a great pro, like, you know? Yeah. And obviously, you know when you're getting older. And I sort of had it a little bit when I was 35 and we were back in the Premier League. And he, he wasn't playing me as much. And I knew I was becoming a bit part. But, but important. I still felt it was important. I still couldn't accept it. You know, I still ended up having an argument with him and refusing to go and be on the bench at Chelsea. Do you think, you know how uh, Bernardo Silva was like about two years ago when David Silva was there, De Bruyne was there, they were playing more forward with uh, Fernandinho playing uh, defensive. Mm. Do you think you could do what Bernardo Silva did to where he deserved a spot? At that age, at that age, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah any age, you know, where you just sometimes, have David Silver in front of you and yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, you know, sometimes, like you said about uh, Everton. Sometimes you have to have a reality check. Sometimes, if especially if you're a knowledgeable footballer, sometimes you Thank have you. to say, he's better than me right now. Not that he's always going to be, because he's still, you know, he came from Monaco and he's still got to come and establish himself. And if it was lesser players, well. lesser players, yeah, of course he did. Lesser players getting ahead of you, then you've got an issue. Mm-hmm. But you can't go in and knock on the manager's door and well, say... All right, what about Sterling? Or De Bruyne or Silva. What about Sterling then, to where he's... Uh, the whole, I mean, all right, w- would you have been able to do what Sane did, to where he's blatantly head and shoulders above any left-winger? See, that's, that's why he has an issue. But he's of that temperament, you know? I mean, there's a... There's you a think he would have went his route? <clears throat> not saying Me? like not trying to distance Me? you from City but like if you were in Sane's shoes yeah well well, look well look I, I did it at West Ham that was that was why I left yeah because because I, I felt I deserved to be in before certain people and and he, he couldn't use me age at 32 yeah he could use he could use me lifestyle I'll hold my hand up there but my lifestyle wasn't any different to the other 300 games I played so my, my my belief was if I'm not breaking any rules, I'm doing it on the pitch. You're just not happy with what, how I live off the pitch. With the formula, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's you judge me by my shirt. If, if you don't think I'm good enough, don't give me that shirt on a Saturday. You know, I wasn't, it, it wasn't the police were phoning up. And, and got you, got, you got all... It's <laughs> just that I wasn't living, I wasn't living like the foreigners were living. You, you weren't yeah. snitching Harry out on any of his, uh, <laughs> his crimes either. Also, and now it'd be, I'm sure he'd laugh that you've got a podcast called Five Pints In. I'm sure that would make him chuckle, I'm, you know? I'm sure he's got it written down <laughs> on a note somewhere. I've been out in Manchester with Harry and had dinner with him, mate. Yeah. Me and Paul Dickoff and... Uh, and a good night. We, we laugh about them times. He's probably I mean, disappointed look, we, that it's not called ten pints. In. <laughs> See, listen, I'll tell you what happened. After a couple of years, when we got back to the Premier League with Man City, I, I we were playing down at Southampton, right? And there was a I hadn't seen Harry, spoke to Harry really since I'd left two and a half, nearly three years earlier, whatever it was. 
and and look, I'll, I'll have it on record. Look, I love Harry. Uh, I'll, no matter what happens in your football life, I love Harry. There's there's no getting away from it. Uh, amazing character, resurrected my career, and and I loved playing for him. And I won't deny we had some fallouts, but it was football fallouts, really. Yeah. And you're gonna have that. You're gonna have that. You know. Um, players and managers will fall out. Well, hopefully you can both get over it. You know, it, it will be about football. You won't always agree. You, you have it out, which he was allowed to back then, back in the day. I can't imagine Pep taking it off anyone These this time in football. I, I Like with Sane, it doesn't matter how good you are. All right, if you, you're not happy, you can go. You know, it's a little bit different in the 90s. So... You know, we, we could have our fallouts, but I hadn't seen him for that long, so we were playing Southampton, so we were down in the hotel, we were about to have pre-match, and one of the lads said to me, your mate's over there, and I looked over, and there was a manager's meeting, and Harry was there, I think, with Dave Bassett and Big Ron Atkinson, or a couple of others. They were having a meeting with the manager's union, and I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go and say hello. I walked over, and I went, excuse me, fellas, uh, H, it's good to see you, mate. I'm in room such a thing. If you want a little chat when you're done with your meeting, just give us a call and we'll have a coffee or whatever. And he did, and he called me, you know, so that says a lot in the first place. And then and then we sat down and and in all honesty, his his disappointment in me was that he thought I could have been so much more. If I'd have dedicated myself, that was his speak. He thinks if I'd have dedicated myself more to the game, I could have gone on and done bigger things. So I don't mind him having a go for them reasons. I don't agree with them, but I don't mind him having them reasons if he wanted more for me hmm. and that I could have been more. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. val that's valid to me. That's valid. I don't agree because, I mean, who's to say, I, I, you know, in, in my opinion, I believe I could have played for Liverpool, I could have, could have played for Arsenal. I believe I could, but it didn't come along. And I was happy with what I did. I was happy with playing 700 pro games. You know, I was happy playing in all four divisions by the time I was 21 and having that experience of knowing what it's like down there and what it's like up there. It doesn't happen to everybody. You know, and I, I felt I did a lot of good things and... and I don't regret anything. I really don't. You know, it, it was a time in football where we could do it at the top level and live our life at the same time. You know? Where I don't believe players get that opportunity today. Well, I mean, it, reflects in their, it reflects in their bank account. Well, you know, yeah. but somebody dangled 100 grand a week in front of me, I'd have still gone to the pub. I just believe we were regular fellas, you know? You, you, your average man goes to work all week and has a pint at the weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, well that's what. Football, yeah, that's... it was just a continuation of my childhood. That's what it was. It was. I grew up playing football, and I carried on playing football as an adult, and did what a natural adult would do. Well, that I mean, that's the argument. It's you could easily just say you would have been potentially worse if you stopped doing your like. If you stop doing what you want, like what made you happy, you know, like yeah, yeah, you got to be happy in life. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't mean to like drag on him like this, but you could always say Paul Gascoigne wouldn't have been Paul Gascoigne if he if he never found the drink, you know, like no, no, because you, your personality comes out on the field. Well, exactly. Yeah, there's certain there's certain footballers where their character is well, like De Bruyne is like that. De Bruyne is very stern and yeah. very sharp and to the point, and that's what that's but, how he plays. Yeah, yeah, you know? but, but from yeah. from people we've heard, he likes to have a good time. He likes to play pool. Well, a yeah, lot but and I mean, drink, all right, like, then I mean, look at Hazard. <laughs> he just, he, he yeah. jokes around with everyone, and he looks like he he nutmegs you and in the middle of training and he'll slap you on the back of the head I, while he's nutmegging you you know it just it, your character can the I more comfortable in, you are with football the better you would be I think in anything you know? it's like cre creative people yeah, you know just exactly, in anything yeah. tend to have their vice or whatever it is and 
you know, it's the same in art. It's the same in football. I think it's like the you, nucleus. You bring of, up you bring up Gasco, and it's like, yeah. would he have been the same if he didn't have that party life? Would he? People will Maradona's argue. He, the people same, will yeah. argue he would have been better. People would argue he would have been worse. It's like, but that's just. It's just who he was, and you know, I mean, I mean, look at not to. This is completely. Georgie Best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's who I wanted to say first. It's yeah. always other people. Yeah. That want you to be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people say, "Oh, we retired at twenty. He's disgraceful." Yeah. We missed out because he retired at twenty-eight. We missed out on some of the best it, years. It's, of, it's yeah. selfish. Life. It's but selfish thinking. Yeah. His yeah. life. Yeah. It's his career. It's his life. And it's he he didn't he didn't need to come well, and, the best, and make so many people happy. The, like I I still watch yeah. George Best clips to this day. And the best that Sean Mount created, he's still known as one of the best ever. The best George Best. The best George Best. Not that I'm. That's weird to say. The best George Best quote is, "I spent my money on girls, cars, and booze. Gambling. The booze. rest. The rest I simply squandered." Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trev had a Trev had a good story about George Best and Neat, yeah. um on on the episode we did with him. But yeah, it's just like I think as an as an artist, which I think footballers are, it's like you're you're a little fucked up. Like it's just what it is. Otherwise, you'd be a businessman in a business suit. Well, look, how else? How else do you deal with? Look, how else do you deal with? Every time you go out and do your job. There's forty thousand people scrutinising you. Yeah, and that's just in your stadium, not not the press, not when you're on telly. You know, it, it's and then when you, you go, to, you have to find a way. You have to find a way to to get through that. Not not that not that you go out with that intention because you don't no. because it, look like I said the the football was a continuation of my childhood. It was for for me going out. Let's say Upton Park where I spent nine years. That was my home. Yeah. Oh, I mean that that was that was outside your nan's house. That was the square outside your nan's house with all the stones where I started playing footy. And we drew the goal on the wall. That was the same place to me. Yeah. And that was where I was most happy. When I came out and and walked out or sprinted out in front of that people. You know, to to be on a on a football pitch was when I was most happy because when you're away from it you got to deal with life, you know? Yeah. With all your shit in the world comes in life. And at the end of the day, life is bigger than football. So so I feel you have to live your life. And football was a, a part of my life. And that's the way I look at it. I mean, you lot came along and you became the most important thing in life. You know? Changing your friggin' nappies, keeping me up all night and <laughs> all the shit that you put me through. But it was still... It was still football was an escape sort of thing. It was yeah. it was where you went for your fun. And 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 now when we're talking about the celebrations after the game, there's nothing better because after you've had a big win, you don't want your mates to go off and go home and go and do their own thing. You want to stay with them and carry on talking about it what? and having that feeling for as long as you can because the next week you'll be chopped in off. Yeah. You'll be shut down. You'll be depressed. You'll have you'll have six days before you can go back out and fix it. And and you know even to the extent on the more serious note, when when people talk about now about mental health, it, it you know for footballers to not have that dressing room, that excitement, the buzz of the crowd that that, that they've fear had since sixteen. Yeah, that that it's it it gets built into you, and then when it's gone. I mean, I feel like I've, I've sort of handled life after the game quite okay, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I, I still have my moments, you know. You, you do still miss it, but but you try and fill it with other things. You try and fill it with other things about the game, like even this now. The fact that we can sit and talk football every week is great for me. Yeah. You know, it, it, it keeps me going. It, it, it doesn't make me watch it because some days I don't want to watch it, but I do because of this. Yeah. Because I know we need to touch on subjects and we need to give information or our opinions, not necessarily information, our opinion. That's what we're doing. And we yeah. would just we'd be doing we'd be doing it we'd be doing it anyway with it. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> misinformation. But but that's the thing we it's we we'd be doing the same exact thing 
It's just that we've plucked a camera in front of us and a yeah. couple of microphones. Like and we, and we we've, still, we're sort of holding back on the swear words a little bit. To be fair, I, I actually feel like we'd, we'd talk more if we didn't do this because throughout the week we kind of save up because we, we do it all the time. We end up spoiling stuff for the podcast because we talk about the games to yeah. ourselves, yeah. to each other because yeah. we talk like every other day. So. And we ruined we ruined content content for the podcast yeah, because. Yeah. So mean, we should we should start a show like keeping up with the Kardashians, where it's just us talking about football. I'm gonna say masters, Kim. We'll make millions. <laughs> <laughs> you do, yeah. And the same hair as um. Let's not call, let's, not, let's not say who's Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't call him that no more, can you? No, or him or her. Oh, or who fine. knows? Gonna get in trouble again. Yeah, we're, we're cancelled. Cancel the podcast. All right, I've got a few things. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, go on. That's All a right. good point. Go on. Let's move on to some bullets <laughs> that are are laughable right here. So the first one is uh, Alexi Lalas says Pulisic is too good for the Chelsea side. What do you think? I I have um I have a lot of words I've wanted to say to Alexi Lalas for the last um ten years. Eight years. He's a tosser. He's a tosser. Just one word. Tosser. No, that that doesn't sum it up. I don't think there would be a podcast long enough to talk about him. So, um, well, what do you think? Uh, He says Pulisic is too good for the Chelsea side, which is he can go fuck himself. Tell you something. I'll I'll tell you. I I think he probably could be the best player right now. Yeah. But is he too good for Chelsea? No. Bullshit. He's if he's too he's, good for Chelsea, he'd be banging goals in every week. Yeah, yeah he's he's and Real Madrid would be coming for him. That's it, not happening. Exactly. That's the if you're too good for Chelsea, every team on the fucking planet wants you. He's, Plus you, he's he'd not, be banging the goals in every. Goals yeah, exactly. I I do agree with you. He, he he is a little bit of a golden boy. He's he's not. He's, in my opinion, he's not good enough for Chelsea. This this how I felt when he came because he got signed six months beforehand and we had that whole um, he was our only signing because we got banned for almost two years and then we right. got reduced to one. Um, he he was a little bit of a savior where he came out of nowhere. With this is he's got burst of speed and he, he's decent at dribbling. No, but but that's right. that's Probably all he don't. has. He, he's like a he's like a bet he's like a bet Hudson Adoy. Mm. You know, to where you're like. Yeah, you, you can fit in this Chelsea team, but there's there's better players than you. So, I agree, yeah. You know, no, he's well, not. The thing I like about him, he attacks that space. I love him. He, I love him. And he's directed. He's good. Yeah, as exactly. Well, exactly. Alexi, yeah. Alexi Dallas is the same fella that when Ibra was was leaving LA. Yeah. That he said, "Oh, what is he supposed to be? The lion." I know. Yeah. He's, he's more like a pussy cat because he had a pop at the MLS. Now that's him. That's him. Obviously, by his boss or whatever, having to come out and say something. <laughs> when you come out and make yourself like look like such yeah. a tit. Well, watch this. Well, that, that's how Dana, he makes Dana, money. Dana White's gonna make uh, Ibrahimovic versus uh, Alexi Lalas UFC two sixty eight. So they to can be fight. Fair, they can fight each other. To be fair, I think Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic would kill him. I think Ibrahimovic would break his foot on that. Yeah. Ibrahimovic is going to retire. The fact is that he's what thirty-nine. He's gone back to Serie A and he's still doing it. He's still killing it. Yeah. Oh, he laughed at the the MLS, mate. Which yeah. Well, he scored in Frank Lampard, and they came out and said, "Oh, (laughs) it wasn't the uh, scouser, aren't I?" You know about- <laughs> no, I'm laughing at him. <laughs> no, he was about to say something. He was like, I did. It was like a, oh, I thought it was like a high frequency him. signal while he was talking. Go, go on. <laughs> I, I, go on. What were you saying about uh, Frank Lampard? And- well, when he said, I knew when they came that they wouldn't last long. Yeah. Because they'd get bored with the standard of football. And, and when they went back and did what they, they did, they came out and made statements in the press to say, "Oh, it wasn't the it wasn't the easy league you thought you were going to come into." Meaning that they'd gone because they were struggling. Yeah, something like some bullshit. Well, like you that. saw you saw Ibrahimovic scored that hat trick where one of the goals was like just like no, he from the halfway he scored, line. He scored two <laughs> goals. They were. It's first game. Yeah, it's first scored, game. Like, he came from on the halfway line. Yeah, it's been it's been voted as the best yeah. MLS goal ever. But um. 
it, which he, he, he also he also came off uh, ACL and I'm pretty sure MCL yeah, in five weeks injury months, yes. five months, S- six months, months, yeah, six months. which is like unheard of. Yeah, and I just wanted to put this out there. I'm pretty sure Ibrahimovic and Cristiano Ronaldo are the only two footballers in history. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure only two footballers in history that have scored in every single minute from like the first minute to the ninetieth minute. That sounds like. A bit of a stretch. Does I'll it? Mean, I'll, I'll get somebody else to check that. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah. We need a fact check. Do it. Because they're tight. D- but wouldn't <clears throat> wouldn't they be the two players that you think? No, I don't think anyone's done that. Why? You you know how many international? That sounds ridiculous. All right, but what Ronaldo has what over? I don't think any. Seven hundred goals. What and you you don't think still that you don't think that fits tough. in a ninety minutes? I think it's tough. Seven hundred goals, yeah, it's still gonna be tough. I think it's tough. I think the first twenty you, you minutes. You look it up. You if look you have up, the first hey, twenty hey, minutes, hey, then you have the rest. Hey, clean. hey, look it up. We'll circle back next episode. No, 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 anyway, no, no, anyway, no, no, no. I I stated it. You guys look. No, you look it up. We'll no, you look it up. We'll circle back. I think we should save you here and go back to what Alexi Lalas said. No, no. I'm actually right, so you, you guys should, look You up. should look it up, and right. we'll circle back let's next somebody else, Let's somebody else check that. If, and, if anyone listening believes that, yeah, let us know. Uh, the next thing I have is Diego Simeone was voted the best coach of the decade by the International Federation of Football History and Statistics. And Alexi Lalas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by, by Alexi Lalas. By yeah. Alexi Lalas, He was the yeah. swing vote. So Diego Simeone, Simeone had the most points. I'd put, I put him second. Uh, Over Pe- uh, I put Pep first. Yeah, I put Simeone. I, de- I, would I think put- Emer- Emery was like fourth. Uh, what the fuck? It was it was uh, Simeone, uh, Pep, Klopp. I think Emery was Sim- next. Simeone has done what no no one's been able to do within the last like couple decades. Be a prick. At, no, no, stay. no. I'm not. Look. Is is make David Beckham look bad now? Um, is break down, break down Madrid and Barcelona. What's up? I'm not getting involved in that conversation. Even if he was, I, I don't want to praise him. Yeah. I just can't. I can't stand cheats. Yeah. I can't stand arseholes and cheats. And he's just yeah. right up there in that category. And uh, I don't want to know. Thanks. Thanks for saying it though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Just bringing it up. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. But uh, apparently, Ozil signed for Fenerbahce. Heard about that. Yeah, all the talk that he's he's not going anywhere, he's gonna see his contract out. Yeah. He ended up going anyway. Did you hear Mourinho? He's like, I wouldn't he... Yeah, he's yeah, he said who who told Urzel he'd be welcome here and like he like yeah. came back. Someone and said, someone yeah. someone told Urzel what about Spurs and he's like, I wouldn't yeah. I'd go to the worst team on the planet before Spurs and then Mourinho's like, Who told Urzel we were in he's not fast enough on the break to play for Spurs. Yeah. Anyway. Mourinho has enough left backs. Uh, and then the the last one is is a is a Man City one. Sorry guys. Uh, Man City believe that their fifteen percent sell on clause for Jaden Sancho could work in their favor for signing uh, Haaland. They could cancel the the sell on clause for Sancho in favor of signing Haaland. Do anything to get Haaland. I would say so as well. I would say for City, just get Holland through the door. Me too, yeah. Yeah. I think especially if Messi doesn't go anywhere. He's not. I, I'm done Messi with Messi. Messi doesn't go anywhere, break the bank, break me, the bank me, for Holland. Yeah. 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 hundred what? A hundred and... perfect with Sergio coming to the end. Yeah. It's perfect to, to start with a young one now who's... Who's and now Jesus will be the one. Everybody's sponsored yeah. list. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred. I mean, he'd score. He'd score like 25, 30 goals a season, wouldn't he, Haaland? I wouldn't mind seeing him at West Ham. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> Haaland and Giroud up top. Haaland, yeah. Get Messi at West Ham. I, well. I did put Giroud out there, and I've had a few question marks over it, Con. Yeah. Them saying, oh, you know, what why, about why doesn't he just stay at Chelsea? Well, well, all right. Well, yep. I think that's I think that's where City need to go, but you know again we'll see the the transfer markets going on. We'll be covering it as we go through with these episodes. Um, but yeah, I think that's about everything I got for you guys. Uh, Happy day. Yeah, I, I do want to say thank you guys so much for listening. Please go to fivepintsin.com 
uh, and sign up for the mailing list. We'll send you uh, emails every time a new episode comes out and also every every time there's new updates. Um, and give us a like on your favorite podcast platform on Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify, whatever you're listening to. Um, and go to fivepintsin.com slash shop and go buy a t-shirt. It really helps us out. One more thing, go to go to patreon.com slash fivepintsin uh, and you can sign it up for a uh, monthly subscription to support us, buy the beers, help us out, guys. We really appreciate you listening. Um, but, guys, it was great having a beer with you again this Enjoy. week. We've got a bunch of shit lined up for next week, so we'll talk to you next time. Oh, but didn't bore you going back in time. Cheers, man. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Was I supposed to have a catchphrase? <laughs>